0: Absolute power corrupts absolutely.
1: Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. All the way up. All the way up. All the way up. I'm all the way up. Nothing can stop me. I'm
0: all the way up. Hello everyone and welcome once again. It's that time again. It's that time of the week again. Sunday morning. 10 a.m. Eastern standard time. If you're sitting here listening to me, it is the master plan. I am JT, a.k.a. A. the master. And the number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again. It's 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to me JT and uh, that would be me got a great show in store for you this morning as all of you football fans fantasy football fans if you're listening to me I appreciate you tuning in I got every game that's being played including Monday's games I'm breaking down each and every one of them for y'all. So sit back and relax. Grab your water, your orange juice, grapefruit juice, cranberry juice, whatever, your coffee, your chocolate, or hot chocolate, I should say, if, you, if you're in the mood for that. Some people may not be because it's simmering out here on the East Coast where I'm at in Jersey. It's not perfect football weather. I tell you that. It's perfect weather for some people who like the heat, including myself. But it is simmering outside and it's only 10 o'clock in the morning. Anyway, I got a chat room sitting out there. If you'd like to jump in that chat room, you can also do that. Ask a question, make a statement or a comment in that chat room. I will address it as it needs to be addressed. You put it in there, I'm going to address it. Come foul, I'm going to come foul right back. It is what it is. You get what get what you put in. Let me put it that way. But before I even get into the fantasy football thing, this is a special day, people. Fifteen years ago today, a country was horrendously attacked in multiple parts of the country with... Um, Airplanes being used And the two, two Of them went into the towers in uh, um, New York City One went into the Pentagon In uh, Washington D.C. And one went down uh, and, and 40 people were lost In the uh, In Pennsylvania Over 3,000 people Lost their lives In my opinion Needlessly But uh we com- 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 commemorate those people, we honor those people for uh, the sacrifice uh, that they unknowingly made. And uh, let us not forget, Nine eleven will forever be ingrained in this country from now until this country no longer ceases to exist. All right. With that being said. we got a full slate except for the game that was played on Thursday and i and i have to say people i was very close albeit uh not to what the uh, the offensive explosion that cj anderson displayed very close of the numbers i put out there for you people and the expected expectations that uh each each of the players that were fantasy relevant In that game. Two surprises, and one was on either side of the team. Kelvin Benjamin established himself as the man in the Carolina uh, wide receiving core. And C.J. Anderson right now has established himself as the man in the Denver Broncos backfield. Both of them, those two guys, had an outstanding performance. And uh, it was a very good game to watch. With that being said, we have 15 more games to go. A full slate of games uh, today, with the exception of the two games, because at the beginning of the week, I mean, it's the beginning of the season, and the first Monday night, lately, In in the uh, Monday Night Football has been showcasing two games, Pittsburgh at Washington and L.A. at San Francisco on Monday night. So we'll go through the 13 games, going to start at 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and night game, which is the, uh, I believe, the Arizona Cardinals hosting the New England Patriots without Tom Brady and without Rob Gronkowski. Let's start at the one o'clock games. And let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals, one of my brother's favorite team against my former team, the New York Football Jets. Bengals won the AFC North title with a twelve and four record and was six and two on the road. The Jets, as the Jets fans know, had a winning record ten and six and were six and two at home. Both these teams have good defenses, but I do believe, you know what, I, I, I have to, I, I'll, I'll retract that. I don't think the Bengals have a better offense. Um, I think these two teams are pretty comparable to each other, even though the Bengals last year were 12-4 and 4 and the Jets were 10-6. and 6. But going into this, the Bengals lost Hugh Jackson. They lost Marvin Jones. They lost Mohamed Sanu. They lost who I consider the the biggest piece is who the uh, 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 offensive uh, uh, innovator, in my opinion, Hugh Jackson. They lost him. Now, the quarterbacks coach, Ernie, uh, excuse me, not Ernie, Ken Zambezi, uh, took the uh, took took up the reins when Hugh Jackson left at the uh, OC for the Bengals. And quite naturally, you don't expect too much to change, but you got rookie Tyler Boyd, and you got Brandon LaFell. No hands LaFell, in my opinion. So in my opinion is this. This is going to be, like it was before, a run-based offense, taking shots down the the field, but with a lesser-talented receiving core. Brandon LaFell is no hands LaFell. He drops more than he catches. I hate, I mean, that may be an exaggeration, but the, you know what my, my point is. Tyler Boyd is a rookie uh, and going against, against a very formidable Jets' secondary. Andy Dawson missed three games because of a fractured throwing thumb, and that really screwed their uh, chances up when they were in the playoffs, even though A.J. McCarran was. Uh, um, uh, a sufficient uh, fill-in, but he wasn't the answer. So Anthony Dalton, I think, because one of the weaknesses that the Jets had, and they've had for a few few years, is the passing. So I think, I know this is running a defense, I mean offense. I know this is running offense, but I think if if the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be able to move the football, they're going to have to do it through the air. Uh, and with limited resources, in my opinion. No Tyler Ivory, he's out. Um, so they're going to be running back by committee, and uh, Jeremy Hill is the, is the hammer. And I, I think Jeremy Hill, against this Jet defense, um, is an RB2. RB2. Both uh, him and Giovanni Bernard are RB2s. I know some people have maybe as an RB1, uh, depending on the size of your draft and when you drafted them. But uh, uh, both these guys are RB2s. Uh, They're not going to be able to do too much on the ground against this Jet defense, who is a very strong defense against the run. Their weakness is, is in the passing game. So temper your expectations. I hate to say it like that. But I don't think that the Jeremy Hill-Giovanni-Bernard connection is going to get 100 yards combined, combined on the ground. Now, both of them can catch the football, Giovanni better than uh, uh, Jeremy, and that's probably where in PPR that uh, Giovanni would probably be the – The better play in a PPR Because the fact is They're going to have to Pass the football And to, to to Be effective Against this Jet defense Jets playing at home So that means that A.J. Green Who may be on Revis Island Who has a he's on a five year streak of thousand yards, and comes off an eighty six catch twelve hundred ninety seven yard ten scored two thousand fifteen. Is going to be a prime target, Andy Dalton, because the other two guys one's a rookie, and the other one is No Hands Lafell. So the pass us, Andy Dalton is going to want to get this ball out. So that leaves the middle of the field where Tyler Eifert would normally uh, roam. Not there. Where the number two tight end is out. Tyler Croft is out with a knee injury. That leaves uh, the second year player in C.J. Uzama To take up the slack for now Are really vulnerable against the tight end They've been that, like that for a couple of years They're very vulnerable against the tight end But I'm not thinking the tight end is going to be effective here They're going to have to try to rely on their two wide receivers The two experienced wide receivers In my opinion Now Tyler Boyd I know he's a rookie I know they're gonna roll coverage over to AJ Green and, and leave him Tyler Boyd one on one, but I don't think he's had he's had health issues in the off season. Game out of the slot. He goes against a, a very good defense in secondary. Doesn't get into the end zone. I gotta believe that um AJ Green, even though they roll coverage, they just what they get he gets paid for. Is getting into the end zone. Four or five catches, about fifty yards, and an end zone visit. Brandon Lafell, three to four catches. Bob will be somewhere around forty yards, somewhere around that. Tyler Boyd, three to four catches. Somewhere around 30, 40, 45 yards. On the other side, Jets don't have a tight end, so I don't really want to talk about the tight end because that's irrelevant in the Jets offensive scheme. Ryan Fitzpatrick is back. um, Had a bad game against the Buffalo Bills with uh, three... three, uh, but three interceptions he had, if I'm not mistaken. They uh, went through a lot of tough negotiations to get him back. Um, His two wide receivers, Decker and Marshall, were politicking for him to get back. Wanted him badly. And uh, he had a career year, 31 touchdowns, uh, just a little over 3,900 yards. 250. Two touchdowns and Fitzpatrick. Matt Forte the new new lead back in the in the backfield, uh, catches and runs runs the football. She, no longer with Chicago. Matt Forte. Tough defense with Cincinnati against the run. 50, 60 yards on the on the ground. Thirty yards in the passing game. Three to four catches. He gets double digits, but it ain't and it ain't it ain't pretty. It's not pretty. Bilal Powell's going to be involved in there, and he's going to be involved in the passing game also. Um, Matt Forte, Bilal Powell, flex or a running back two. Bilal Powell more of a flex, lead back, and that's the reason why I'm saying that uh, uh, Matt Forte's is a number two uh, because he's going to get more touches, in my opinion, than um, – Blowout. Jets just got him. They want to. They want to use their new toy. So he's definitely going to get the uh, the majority of the touches in the running back position. Let's move to the wide receivers. One of the best combination of wide receivers, believe it or not, folks, in the NFL and in fantasy. Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall. They complement each other. I wouldn't say perfectly, but they're very could complement each other uh, off of each other. Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall probably going to get about the same amount of yardage, 60, 70, 75 yards, somewhere around there. And uh, the catches, PPR, they'll probably get five or six catches. Ryan Fitzpatrick has a good rapport with his two experienced wide receivers. Make sure they're going to get involved in the game, and that's how they're going to score. That's how they're going to score, people. I think each one of these guys get into the end zone. That's just how they roll. That's how good the the, the combination of Fitzpatrick, Decker, and Marshall is. All right, let's move on to the next game on tap. Very interesting game. Now, check this game out. This game is in Philadelphia, the Cleveland Browns versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And it highlights, showcases, whatever it may be, two coaches that weren't coaching last year, um, two new coaches that weren't head coaches last year that are head coaches this year that have faith in each other. Hugh Jackson, the offensive coordinator, just talked about him. In Cincinnati, now he gets another head coaching job in Cleveland, and Doug Peterson, who was the offensive coordinator in Kansas City Chiefs, gets his head coaching uh, opportunity for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. But I'm not done there. I'm not. I'm not done there yet. He got two quarterbacks, two quarterbacks, one in Robert Griffin III, and one Carson Wentz that never didn't start. As a NFL quarterback the previous year, and with and, and with, uh, new teams, Carson Wentz is a rookie coming out of college from North Dakota State. Robert Griffin III was whatever you may speak and didn't play a down last year. So you got two rookie head coaches, I wouldn't say rookie, but two new head coaches for Cleveland and Philly, and two quarterbacks that didn't play a down. In the NFL, starting this week against each other. Going to be extremely interesting to find out who gets the best of who. Remember, on, on, on Sunday, on this show, I don't pick winners or losers. We're talking just strictly fantasy and how I see the numbers equate to who's going to get the good numbers and who's going to uh, um, uh, disappoint you. Let me put it that way. Who I feel is going to disappoint you? Let's talk about the Browns first. Let's talk about RG three and the Browns, who were three and thirteen last year, and on a three game loser streak. And they, last year they had a one and seven road mark. The Eagles had seven and nine last year, and were only three and five at home. And now Hugh Jackson, who I am I am extremely high on as a um, offensive coordinator and a quarterback whisperer, so to speak, um, gets a Robert Griffin III, uh, which I think they got to steal, in my opinion, and a humbling Robert Griffin III. Let me put it that way: hungry to get his. Uh, name back hung, hungry to improve his brand and hungry to prove that he is a capable NFL quarterback has a weapons in this offense. If you look at his weapons, they're not world beaters, but they're not any slouches either. Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson, um, is a very good combination of a, an and a valuable tool in the Hugh uh, Jackson's offense because he loves to run the football and, and take uh, play action shots down the field. You got a highly touted wide receiver coming out of uh, college in Corey Coleman. You got another uh, second year guy in Terrell Pryor, big guy, big guy, big athletic guy. Um. Converted from quarterback to wide receiver and um, still learning, but has a ton of upside. Got Gary Barnage, who is one of the top tight ends, surprise tight ends last year. Um, Getting to prove to people that last year was no fluke. And, and I saved the best for last. For the reason I say the best for last is this. They got a focused, in my opinion, a wide receiver in Josh Gordon even though he's suspended for the first 4 games was one of the best uh when he last played in 2014, uh 14 was one of the best wide receivers in football just check this out people and this is this is in my opinion in the secondaries that they're going against, it's going to be scary because the fact is Robert Griffin III played his college football at Baylor. Corey Coleman is coming out of Baylor this year as a rookie. And the uh, aforementioned Josh Gordon used to play with Robert Griffin III when he was in, Cle- uh, uh, in Baylor as college teammates. He's not playing today. But I still like what I think this team can do on the ground uh, and in the air. Uh, Duke Johnson is the guy that I really like the most in, in this uh, offense, on, in, the, in the backfield. I think he's going to be really used. Hugh Jackson likes to use his running backs um, in the passing game. And Duke Jackson is going to be used effectively in, the, uh, in PPR formats especially. Uh, I think he gets about four or five catches, about fifty, forty-five 45 to 50 yards in, in, in um, receiving yards, and he's going to be able to catch the, the ball pill and get in the back, um, get in the, uh, in the end zone. Corey Carman, Coleman is a still rookie, but I think he, he gets about three to four catches around here, around 60 yards, and I think the home run hitter, um, Robert Griffin III, has a very good deep ball throws a very good deep ball, and Terrell Pryor can go and get it. And I think they get burned, I mean, in Philly, they get burned, Terrell Pryor Sr. for three to four catches, 50, 60 yards, and a touchdown. So Duke Johnson, in my opinion, is a RB a low-end RB2, and a definitely a flex play. Terrell Pryor is a can also be used in the flex position um, or a wide receiver three Gary Barnage. I don't think he gets double digits. I think he just, he's just outside that double digit number in in, uh, fantasy points. Um, I don't think this is the game for Gary Barnage. I think this is a game for the wide receivers and for the uh, running backs. Let's move on Let's move on to the uh, other side of the ball where their rookie is making his, 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 his uh, um, NFL debut at home. Everyone in Philly is in love with Carson Wentz. He's the next coming of what, Ron Jaworski or whoever. Uh, he's coming in, only played, what, 30-something snaps in preseason. Uh, not got knocked out of a game with a rib injury. And uh, uh, this is the first time you see him since that time. I don't expect, even though Cleveland is not a huge defensive team, but they're a a uh, NFL caliber team, and I don't think that Carson Wentz is going to light them up. Um, he barely gets to 200 yards, in my opinion. Uh, the best friend of a new and young quarterback, and I, you heard me say this before, is a, is a tight end. So I think the most effective guy for the uh, Eagles to, today will be the tight end, Zach Ertz. Early and often, get the ball out of your hand. Zach Ertz is a safe throw in the middle of the field. I think he gets targeted quite a bit in this offense. And, uh, uh, Because the targets equal opportunities, I think he gets about five or six catches. And four or five catches, let me put it that way. And about 50 to 60 yards and a trip into the end zone. The other guy that I like today, it's not Darren Sproles, it's Ryan Matthews. I'm not a big Ryan Matthews fan. If you know, since Ryan Matthews came into the league, I wasn't a big fan. of. I consider him Mr. Brittle uh, in the running back position. Always getting hurt, always getting nicked up, and never being able to play um, the majority of, of the um, NFL season. And I see him, uh, we'll see what happens, but I think this is a good opportunity for him to get uh, about 60 to 70 yards and uh, uh, run the football. I mean, quite naturally, I think in Peterson, they're going to try to run the football. He plays West Coast deep offense plays west coast offense He learned from andy Reid. andy reed is a disciple of uh the west coast offense so that's what's going to happen west coast offense uh receivers used in the in the uh, passing game and also quite naturally he's going to run the football and so i think ryan matthews is going to get a lot of work on both both fronts running the football and uh catching the football out of the backfield uh ryan matthews in my opinion RB1. I know that's a shock to some people, PPR, especially PPR specifically RB1. He's going to get used early and often in the passing game and in the running game, in this game, playing at home. uh, Doug Peterson wants to ensure that he protects his quarterback. So they're going to run the football. All right. I didn't mention the wide receivers because I don't think the wide receivers in this game for this quarterback first game out of the shoot are going to be huge factors. Now they're going to catch passes, but I don't think it's going to be um, amount to anything. Jordan Matthews, uh, Nelson Aguilar. I don't think it's going to amount to anything. That's why I didn't mention them. I mean, if you want to play them, feel free. But I don't think they're going to amount to anything. All right, let's move on to the uh, shootout in the uh, bayou. Let me let me put it that way. I'll say the shootout in the bayou because I think this is going to be a shootout. Two good, two good quarterbacks with a plethora of wide receivers and uh, tight ends and running backs. Oh boy, oh joy for anybody who has any of these guys. From the Oakland or Raiders and the New Orleans Saints Raiders uh, were seven and nine last year had a four and four mark on the road. The Saints were also seven and nine and uh had a four and four home record also so how much does how, what separates these two guys? Saints allowed the most points of any team in the NFL by twenty eight points. So is this a coin flip? Well, regardless if it's a coin flip who's going to win the game, I'm not talking about who's going to win it. I'm talking about what's going to happen, in my opinion. I think Derek Carr throws for 300 yards. QB1, put him in there. Derek Carr is going to throw on the New Orleans Saints without a shadow of a doubt. Latavius Murray, RB1. He's going to run for over 70 yards, catch a few balls out of the backfield, and make a visit to the uh, uh, end zone in New Orleans. Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree are going to eat the New Orleans Saints secondary alive. I think they both get a trip into the end zone. Who has the most yardage? Does it matter? Does it really matter? I think both of these guys are going to get five or six catches. um, Anywhere between 70 and 100 yards, either one of them, depending what poison uh, or what flavor uh, Derek Carr wants to go with. Um, But these guys are going to light up the New Orleans Saints. And for those who lost Rob Gronkowski here, the nugget, like I said, this is going to be a shootout. All hands on deck. And one of those hands in the Oakland Raiders is Clive Walford, the tight end. Hello. No Rob Gronkowski. Excuse me. No Rob Gronkowski. Insert Clive Walford. May not be Rob Gronkowski, but he's going to give you some decent numbers. Derek Carr is going to see him in the middle of the field. Four or five catches. 30, 40 yards. And he gets a trip into the end zone. I mean, this, like, like I said, this, in my opinion, is going to be a shootout. These teams are going to try to light it up. And and, um, and for the simple reason is this. If one team gets up on the other, um, these are passing offenses anyway. These are passing offenses anyway. And with capable quarterbacks that can get the ball to their wide receivers or tight ends, uh, efficiently and effectively. So put them in there because uh, if you have them, you're going to reap the rewards. I'm telling you right now, people, this you're going to reap the rewards. This is probably one of the um, um, highest scoring lines, uh, and I don't have the line, but it's got to be a highest scoring, uh, one of the hires this week. Uh, uh, these two offenses have – Weapons that can explode with the quarterbacks that can get the ball for an explosion. Let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. Now, I know the Oakland Raiders have, have improved their offense, but if I'm not mistaken, tell me if I'm wrong, The New Orleans Saints light up most teams in their own building. And what's to think that they're not going to do this again? So in order to keep up, you have to, do, you have to mirror whatever they do. So Drew Brees, 300 yards, check. A couple touchdowns, check. You know Drew Brees is going to throw for over 300 yards. In his own building? I love this matchup for anybody who has players on either side of the, uh, on either team. Mark Ingram's going to run the ball. He's going to do about the same as Latavius Murray. Um, he's going to, about the same as davis Murray, 60, 70 yards. to get a trip into the end zone and about three or four catches out of the backfield for about 30, 35 yards, somewhere around there. And he got Brandon Cooks. He's coming into his own. And uh, uh, he's going to be thrown too early and often with the speed he has and his ability to get open. Catches 100 yards. He is a wide receiver one in this. Trust me. Wide receiver one with no doubt in this matchup. Willie Sneed. Definitely a flex. Could be a wide receiver three. He's going to get uh, some touches in this too when they – Coverage rolls to Brandon Cooks. Guess who's going to be open? Uh, Willie Sneed, who's got a ton of speed. Speedy Sneed. Got a rookie here that they, they're, is highly touted, and they've been pumping him up, talking about him quite a bit. Michael Thomas, first game of the season. Don't expect too much uh, because of the volume of passes Drew Brees puts out there. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets double digits, but I don't think anything spectacular from the rookie in his first game. Too many other weapons for Drew Brees to go to. How about we talk about the tight end that Drew Brees had the last few seasons? Um, two, two seasons ago, he had uh, last season, two seasons ago, um, he had Jimmy Graham who moved on to Seattle. Last year, an older Ben Watson, didn't expect a lot from Ben Watson, lit it up last year. Had a career year before he moved on to Baltimore. So what makes you think a more athletic and a uh, pass-catching tight end in Kobe Fleener would not flourish in this offense? And I see it happening here. We're talking about five or six catches and uh, a visit into the end zone. Old Bar Burner I'm telling you people This is, In my opinion this is going to be a shootout And a lot of fantasy goodness For anybody who has any of these players um, That I'm talking about Especially Mark Ingham, Brandon Cooks Willie Sneed Kobe Fleeter um, Derek Carr Drew Brees Latavius Murray, Amari Cooper Michael Crabtree and Clive Walford That's a lot of players coming out of one game to use. But I think they're going to be um, beneficial to those who have. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, Let's move on to the next game, which would be Minnesota. And we'll talk, these are all 1 o'clock games, people. Um, Minnesota against Tennessee, where uh, Teddy Bridger would have went down. Uh, The team, um, I wouldn't say panicked, but made a drastic move to acquire uh, Sam Bradford, who is not playing today. Team announced uh, Sean Hill will will be the starter today. Um, Derek McKinnon back up to Adrian Peterson Is not expected to play um, Charles Johnson Who was uh, limited in practice um, Will play uh, Kendall Wright On the Tennessee side Will not play Okay Will not play Alright let's get into this matchup About these two teams that are uh, In two different in two different uh, situations. One being a possible Super Bowl contender and the other trying to make their way in the AFC South and the AFC, improving pieces in the running back position in DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, in the wide receiver position in, in um, Tejon Sharp, um, and uh, uh, trying to improve their um, defense to be able to compete effectively in the AFC compared to a team like the Minnesota Vikings, who made the playoffs last year, who won the NFC North last year, hosting the Tennessee tight, uh, excuse me, visiting the Tennessee Titans. Um, and uh, featuring going to be featuring AP now. Who do I go to first? Let me go to the visiting team in the Minnesota Vikings. Sean Hill is a capable backup. And remember, I said backup. He's a capable backup. So he's more or less just holding the reins. Probably until next week when Sam Bradford takes over as the number one starter. So they're going to lean on Adrian Peterson, which is nothing new. Adrian hasn't had a big-time quarterback since he's been with the Minnesota Vikings. So they've always relied on Adrian Peterson. So against this defense, even at 31 years old, and no visible signs that he's a um, mortal. Adrian Peterson is going to run for at least 70 yards with a visit in, in the um, end zone. Wants to get involved more in the passing game. And I understand, I understand that and, and every reason to believe that they would want to use Adrian Peterson in space. where well, they haven't, for for most part, used him. So I don't think that he's going to get a lot of touches. Um, two or three touches, 20, 25 yards, somewhere around there. But AP, without a doubt, is an a, a RB1. Then we get to the wide receiver, and, and this is where the issue is. Who is going to get the, the vast majority of work? Is it going to be Latron Quedwell, Treadwell, um, the high t- highly-tighted rookie? Is it going to be the guy that... Uh, had started off like a house of fire And then uh, kind of sputtered in Stephon Diggs Or is it going to be Charles Johnson This is a tough call here people a Tough call I like Stephon Diggs I think he's the most reliable right now uh, I think he's the number one wide receiver Until uh, someone else Picks up that mantle And runs with it But I like Steph- Stephon Diggs But I think Stephon Diggs is a wide receiver For Maybe a wide receiver three, but wide receiver four, I don't think he's going to be any more than that. Um, not against this uh, Tennessee defense and, and his team. Not with Sean Hill being the uh, captain of the ship. What I do like is this. I think they get in position for the guy who kicked him out of the playoffs I and mean Blair Walsh to effectively kick uh, um, his share of field goals today. Three or four field goals. I think this is a field goal game for Minnesota because I think they're going to get stifled getting into the end zone other than Adrian Peterson running and use Blair Walsh as one of their weapons. Um, On the Tennessee side, they're going up against a very good defense in, in Minnesota. Extremely good defense in Minnesota Two strong, two Very strong weapons That Tennessee Titans Have besides Marcus Mariota Who I think it's going to throw for uh, one touchdown And um, mid 200s, 220, 235 Somewhere around there in <laughs> passing yardage um, A decent play In quarterback two leagues Not one in A single quarterback um, he's not a play for me today. Neither is Sean Hill as a, on the cornerback position as a starter. Uh, I think Demar excuse me, Demarco Murray. This is a run-heavy team. He wants to run the football. Mike Mularkey says he wants to run the football, and they're going to run the football. They got two hammers that they can use: Demarco Murray, who they who they acquired over the off season, and Derek Kennedy. Heisman Trophy winner, Derrick Henry, who is another hammer. They're going to use these guys effectively, uh, DeMarco Murray being the lead back. 90 yards, a touchdown, quite naturally, he's going to use use the passing game, but not that much. Um, I can tell you this, and it may come out, it may not, because uh, Minnesota has a pretty stout defense, including the backside of, of their defense. And Tejar Sharp excuse me, TJ sharp is a rookie with a second year uh, uh, quarterback going up against this defense on the road. Um, I know they had a pretty good connection in the uh, preseason talking about uh, Marietta and sharp, um, but it's approved me in the regular season. So he may get three or four catches for 40, 50, 60 yards. I don't think he gets a trip into the end zone. I think that's reserved for a young quarterback's BFF, like I always say, and the guy who had the most catches, who led the re- in receiving with n- 94 catches and over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns in Delaney Walker. Minnesota has been habitually weak against the uh, tight end, and I think uh, the Tennessee Titans and Marcus Mariota – And Delaney Walker take advantage of that. So I like Delaney Walker a lot in here. Five, four, five catches, 50 to 60 yards, and a score. All right, let's move on to the next one that I want to talk about. Is another one o'clock game in the, uh, in the South. Let's go to the uh, ATL, where a division rival, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are visiting their division opponent, the Atlanta Falcons. Buccaneers finished 6-10 and last year. The Falcons were 8-8. and The Buccaneers had a four-game losing streak at the end of the regular season. The Falcons were 4-4 at home and at one point in the middle of the season had a six-game losing streak. And uh, believe it or not, the Falcons lost twice to the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Uh, I see a much improved Jameis Winston and I see a much improved... Offense from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Evans only had three touchdown catches last year. Only three touchdown catches last year. The number one wide receiver. I see Jameis Winston throwing for at least one touchdown in here. I know that the Falcons have shored up their defense. They have a defensive-minded coach. They want to be able to run the football with uh, Devontae Freeman and uh, Tevin Coleman. But let's talk about Tampa Bay first. Is now the uh, promoted from offensive coordinator to head coach. Lovey Smith got the boot. Jameis Winston and Dirk Carter are going to take a step up. And like I said, I think he throws for at least one touchdown, 250 yards, somewhere around there. Like Doug Martin got paid. Was in a contract later last year. Balled out. I think he still balls out. Healthy Doug Martin is what they need. And I think he rolls for about 90 yards against this defense. And a score. But Doug Martin is not a pass-catching Running back. They use that for Charles Sims. I think Charles Sims is a flex position, flex position. Um, but an ever so weak flex position in PPR is what is mainly Charles Sims's um, forte. Now it's good to have Charles Sims as your handcuffs if you have Doug Martin as for some reason as your number one running back. Doug Martin hasn't been the most healthy and durable back in his career. And Charles Sims will be chomping at the bit and be a excellent play going forward if and when Doug Martin gets hurt. So for all of you who have Doug Martin, it would be wise for you to have Charles Sims at the handcuffed, He may not be on a waiver wire. Uh, for those astute fantasy football players, he shouldn't be on a waiver wire, especially in PPR, because he is a very effective back catching the football in space. Mike Evans, five to six catches. He's going to be highly targeted. Damien Swinson and Mike Evans have a very good report. We cheat each other. Mike Evans is going to get into the end zone this week. Five to six catches. 50 to 60 yards and a score bank on it. I love this. Just, I, I just believe that this is going to happen. Vincent Jackson, Adam Humphreys, all bit players. Um, Vincent Jackson can be a wide receiver three or four. He's going to get targeted. Uh, Austin Severian Jenkins is, I don't know what's going on with him. He's had shot matches with coaches and, he seems like he's not focused enough, and he seems like uh, the effort's not there. I don't he's Constantly getting hurt. Uh, don't know what's going on there, but until he shows sh- shows more, I can't um, have any faith in him. I got to go with uh, Cameron Brait. Yeah, Cameron Brait. Who? That's exactly right. He's going to get thrown to, but how often in and, and, and catching the ball? Your guess is as good as mine. So the tight end position is not uh, something I would um, look at in Tampa Bay. Let's move on to the other side of the field where Matt Ryan may have a good game this week, but very inconsistent Matt Ryan uh, since the, the Shanahan uh, offense has come to Atlanta. But I think because it's a division rival opening game, uh, the um, the expectations and the and the row of the team, I guess, or the confidence of Matt Ryan is up. Even though he did not have a good um, um, preseason, I think he throws for 300 yards and two touchdowns, and people may be jumping on the Matt Ryan train after this. But He's been highly inconsistent. I couldn't, in all conscience, recommend, even though I think he's going to do this, I couldn't recommend it because I don't think uh, I, it's, he could very easily go to the other way. I know some people are going to play Matt Ryan for, for the simple fact is, maybe because of what I said, and maybe before they just have a feeling that Matt Ryan is going to make a comeback this 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 season. That's a wait and see for me. All right. Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman, number one running back last year. uh, One of them. Um, Showed a lot last year. uh, Surprised a a lot. A lot of people won championships with Devontae Freeman. Had a very good season with Devontae Freeman. Um, But Tevin Coleman is back in the mix, too. So, Tevin Coleman at was the starter until he got hurt. Freeman went on a six-game tear, a tear that he got nine touchdowns. But he uh, after that six-game tear, he tailed off significantly from week 9 and past week 9. He's a good receiver. So he's good in PPR, and they're probably going to start Devontae Freeman. Um, but I, I can't I can't hate, hate you in the flex position that if you put Tevin Coleman in the flex, because I think they're going to use both of these guys. And uh, like I said, Tevin Coleman was a starter until Devontae Freeman went off for that six games last last season. Julio Jones, come on. Do I have to say anything? Do I have to say him? Julio, most targeted wide receiver last year. So what do you think is going to change? Matt Ryan's favorite target. Now he's got somebody not comparable, but somebody to be a a Robin to his Batman in Muhammad Sanu. I think both these guys get into the end zone. I think Julio gets uh, his century mark in yardage. Muhammad hovers around the 50-yard mark in yardage. All right. Well, let's move on to the next game, which is Rex Ryan going to his old digs. Another 1 o'clock game where Buffalo, with Rex Ryan, in my opinion, on a hot seat to make the playoffs, is visiting a hapless – Buffalo, a uh, Baltimore team that had a ton of injuries, ton of injuries, and went five and eleven last year. When Buffalo went eight and eight, but they were only three and five on the road. So, what's what's changed? Tyrod Taylor got a nice contract. Starting quarterback. Starting quarterback. And I would put him in as a QB one Tyron Taylor in his running prowess and his passing prowess is going to benefit fantasy football players. Put Tyron Taylor in your lineup. He's going to be able to run the football 50 to 60 yards and probably um, 250 260 in in uh, passing yards with a with a score and where that score going to go to. favorite toy um, in the passing game, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Five catches. I think he hits that century mark and a score. Another guy that is effective in the passing game, and when you have a mobile quarterback, a guy that can move around, the guy that uh, people – I don't know if he's going to hand the ball off or run it himself. It's, it benefits greatly the running back, Op- opens holes that the running back can run through um, because the defense is so confused about who who's going to get the ball and who has the ball. So, Michon McCoy, 50, 60, 70 yards, touchdown. Also, he's a very effective in the passing game. He's, he's do one of his favorite backs I like. Is a dual threat quarter. Uh, excuse me, dual threat running back, and that is what LeSean McCoy is. Not getting enough enough respect. All these other um, running backs, big name running backs, whatever, getting respect. LeSean McCoy. Why doesn't he get the respect? He was he got hurt last year. Um, and He missed four games because of a hamstring early in the season, and he played through a bad shoulder later on but he was as effective as he had been when he was with the Eagles. Carlos Williams is not there. You got Reggie Bush, different type of runners. Carlos Williams is a was a hammer. Reggie Bush is a running back who used in space, not between the tackles. Reason being, I'm saying that, is Carlos Williams took seven touchdowns away from LaShawn McCoy. He's not there anymore. So those I'm not saying seven, but the majority of those touchdowns are going LaShawn McCoy's way. I also like uh like I said Sammy Watkins. So uh, on the Baltimore side, this this is a tough call because they got so a plethora of running backs back there. Javoris Allen, Terrence West, Justin Forsett. They got Kenneth Dixon, who's out, who was really the starter, believe it or not. And if he's on the waiver wire, I would pick up Kenneth Dixon because he was starting in preseason until he got hurt. Now you have a running back by trimity, meaning three guys that are going to share the load. So I had Justin Forsett in one of my fantasy lineups, not starting, just I had him on my bench. And I dropped him. The reason I've dropped him, it's, 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 it's too much of a mess. I'd rather take somebody that's a backup, that I know that if the if the starter gets hurt, that he's going to be the one to put in there. Versus Justin Persett, who's got Javoris Allen and Terrence West to deal with. So say Javoris Allen's his starter. He gets hurt. He's th- Justin Forsett still has Terrence West to go back and forth with. That's what I'm. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You got three guys, not not two, three. So I could care less about the that that backfield. Joe Flacco, healthy, coming back from an ACL. Um, going to throw the football down the field. He's got a big arm, so they're going to use in that Mark Trestman offense. Kemar Aiken. Mike Wallace, um, who, for whatever reason, and I'm not a big Mike Wallace fan. i tell you that right now. Not a big Mike Wallace fan. Nine route, which is pretty, I guess, pretty um, favorable for Joe Flacco, who, who can throw the deep ball. Kamari Aiken is the more reliable back, that more versatile, excuse me, more reliable wide receiver. I see him getting about five or six catches, um, 60, 70, 80 yards, somewhere around there, and a visit into the end zone. Steve Smith coming back a from a very bad Achilles injury, one of the worst ones that supposedly that his doctor has seen. So it's a wait and see on Steve Smith Sr. Yeah, he may go off. You know Steve Smith, but not on, not on my lineup and not, hopefully not in your lineups. Kamar Aiken, borderline wide receiver one, definitely a wide receiver two. Mike Wallace, wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Mike Wallace is boomer bust. All right, let's move on to the next um, game here, and 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 Kenneth Dixon is out, like I told you. Let's go to the next game, which would be the. Houston Texans hosting the Chicago Bears. Kevin White's a game-time decision. He's dealing with a, uh, if, I'm mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, a hamstring, a hamstring something like that. had not played it down in the NFL without all last year, was a rookie last year. So, he's, in, in essence, he's a rookie this year. Um, so, let's talk about Chicago first. Before we before we get to Houston, and and I'm not going to be just showcasing Houston, but I want to just go to Chicago like I've been doing, the visiting team and then the home team. Jay Cutler visiting the Houston Texans. Now, born a defense with J.J. Watt coming back and and Clowney healthy, and that t- defense that's been um, they were nine and seven last year and dealing with. The different quarterbacks that they used. I think they used four different quarterbacks that Houston, Texans used last year, and and they still made nine and seven. And, and uh Bears were in last place with a six and ten record. And but were five and three on the road. So they play well on the road and, and and horribly at home for whatever that's pretty pretty much not well, I would say pretty much. That's not the norm. Usually you play well at home and um you struggle on the road. It was the exact opposite. Houston was 5-3 at home. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, the the record of Chicago playing Houston, they haven't beat Houston. And they're playing Houston in home home over. This is going to be a tough game for Chicago and Jay Cutler with the pass rush that the Houston Texans have. I think Jay Cutler... Throw for a little over 200 yards 225 somewhere around there um, He's not a starting quarterback In my opinion In a one quarterback league Maybe two quarterback But I can't trust Jay Cutler going in Houston Against that defense One of the best defenses in the league people Especially against the pass And uh, Being uh Effective Just tough, tough. Now I know some people have a lot of people have Jeremy Langford. You have Alshon Jeffrey, but um, I think that these those two guys may put up some yards. Just barely get into the du- double digit range. Jeremy, L- J- Jeremy Langford is probably a flex position. Um, Alshon Jeffrey in this. Environment, it's probably a wide receiver three. I really don't like Alshon Jeffrey in this environment, especially with Jay Cutler passing the pill against this defense. I think the only guy that gets any kind of good play in here is is their, yeah, I am going to say it, their tight end, Zach Miller. Middle of the field, Jay Cutler wants to get rid of the football Quickly. Very conservative, conservative offense, not to put Jake Cutler in harm's way. Zach Miller is where the, the touchdown comes from. Zach Miller, two or three catches, 30, 40 yards. Decent tight end play. Decent tight end play. Not great, but decent tight end play. Kevin White, who knows what, he, what he's going to do. Um, he's a game-time decision, so I, I think he'll probably be on some type of snap count if he plays at all. And that may be also true for J.J. Watt because he's coming back from uh, back surgery. But I still think, even with him, or not playing the full amount of snaps, that the defense of Houston is going to uh, be a problem for Chicago. On the other side, let's uh, go to Brock Osweiler. I think he throws for two, two and a half, meaning 250 yards, a touchdown think Lamar Miller, who likes they like to run the football, they use the heck out of Adrian Peterson. I mean, excuse me, Arian Foster. They're going to use the heck out of Lamar Miller, who hasn't been used that much, and, what, 25 years old? 24, 25 years old? Uh, I think he gets over uh, the century mark, a visit into the end zone, and he's one of these dual-thread running backs that you can use, and I think he's going to catch uh, uh, three to four balls, 30, 40 yards, because he can catch him in space and, and be effective. You got Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, and Braxton Miller. Quite naturally, DeAndre Hopkins is the go-to guy, is the guy now, uh, one of the highest-targeted wide receivers and uh, very wide receivers in the league. And uh, I got to believe that he's going to get about four or five catches, 80 yards, and a nice visit into the Houston end zone. Braxton Miller, Will Fuller. Will Fuller's a home run hitter. He's dealing with a hamstring. Um, But it it says he's a full go. Uh, Both these guys are first games in the NFL. And got to believe that they'll have first game jitters. Um, and the wide receiver three and four until proven. I think Will Fuller is going to surprise a lot of people. He's got four three speed, and uh, Braxton Miller is no slouch. He's a pretty good route runner for converting from a, um, a quarterback to a wide receiver. A lot of upside on these two young Phillies, uh, two, two young um, uh, Colts that the. Uh, Houston Texans have, Um, but they're rookies. And you never know what rookies are going to do from one game to the next. And this is a home opener. They're going to be jacked up, psyched up. um, And you never know what you're going to get. Three veterans in three key positions in Brock Osweiler, uh, Lamar Miller, and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think uh, the the running back and the wide receiver are strong plays. Lamar Miller is definitely RB1, and so is DeAndre Hopkins. All right, let's move on to um, another 1 o'clock game um, in the Heartland, talking about in Kansas City where Jamal Charles is out. For so Those Jamal Charles um, owners who were crushing their fingers and hoping he wouldn't play, I hope you heeded what Andrew uh, Reed was saying earlier in the week and all through the week that it was highly unlikely he would play. And if he wasn't on your roster He should be on your roster now and Spencer Ware and even Chikandrick West, because both these guys are going to not want to say split carries. I think Ware is going to be the man and uh, West is going to carry the load West. I mean, uh, not carry the load, but um, be the so-called backup. Reason saying I'm saying this is because uh, Ware showed the best uh, of all the running backs that were um, healthy and Chikandrick West, was banged up. Um and uh so I'm thinking where is going to get the the start. Um he's going to get the look first to see if he can be effective and if not then Shirkandrick West. So but I'm thinking this. In my in my opinion, uh you play Kendrick West. Um I I think that uh um that He's going to get the uh, lion's share of the touches. Um, I know he's not as effective in the passing game as Jerkandric West is, but he's a more of a uh, effective runner. And uh, I like him for about eighty yards. Um, definitely an RB two. I mean, he could move up to an RB one in a heartbeat, but definitely an RB two. And if you have um, a strong RB one and two, then you definitely put him in a flex if you like, because he's going to get the pill Andy he reads offense. He's going to get the rock, especially down the goal line. He was even, even a goal line back when, even when Jamal Charles was healthy last year. So he's going to get the rock. Travis Kelsey is a strong play in here because the fact is San Diego has, has historically been weak against the tight end. Ironic that they have a tight end in themselves that uh, we're going to talk about soon, but um, I like uh, Travis Kelsey in there as a uh, tight end one without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, and then a wide receiver three, possibly uh, definitely a wide receiver three um, is uh, Jeremy Macklin. You don't know how much Alex Smith is going to throw the fall football to Jeremy Macklin, but uh, uh, in PPR, um, I like Jeremy Macklin. Is a wide receiver three. All right, let's let's also move to uh, the on the other side of the ball and Philip Rivers. Ooh, I think Philip Rivers is, is a tough play. I think he's um, tough to um, play against the Kansas City Chiefs, a division rival in Kansas City. Um, And I understand that if you have him as your starting quarterback and you don't have any better options, then you're going to have to use him. But if you do have a better option, quite naturally, I would sit Phillip Rivers and put in your better option. Melvin Gordon has been showing uh, what they thought he was when they drafted him uh, in 2015 in the preseason. But the Kansas City Chiefs are one of the toughest to run against. And uh, this is not a Melvin Gordon type of game, in my opinion. I wouldn't be surprised is if, he, if he does uh, go off. But uh, to be on the safe side, um, you live to fight a, a, a better day with Melvin Gordon sitting on the sidelines and put a better option there. Uh, D- Danny Woodhead is a, a uh, flex in this, against this Kansas City defense, um, if, at best. Uh, they're pretty tough against the run. Um I was I would probably say that if if they if you wanted to play, if you have Keenan Allen or even Travis Benjamin in here, um and Antonio Gates, those are the guys that um are going to uh be beneficial from Phillip Rivers, uh Keenan Allen from sheer volume, uh Travis Benjamin because of the coverage to Keenan Allen and Antonio Gates who happens to be the best friend of Philip Rivers, for ever since Philip Rivers got there. Let me put it that way. Antonio Gates has um, gotten a lot of love from um, Philip Rivers. And even though he's not a good play, he's a tight end one, and I would play Antonio Gates. Another one o'clock game. Got a lot of one o'clock games here, people. Um, the last one o'clock game. And uh, uh, I wouldn't say the least. Want to be watched one o'clock game But a game that's Going to be interesting For a simple reason uh, On two fronts On the first front I'll go to the visiting team Which it happens to be the Green Bay Packers Who are visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars Aaron Rodgers didn't have An Aaron Rodgers type of year Mediocre type of year um, Only threw for uh, 3,800 yards and that's, that's down 31 touchdowns And uh, Jordy Nelson, who got hurt um, and Randall Cobb, who tried to pick up the number one uh, um, mantle of being the number one uh, wide receiver, uh, had a disappointing season also. And Eddie Lacey was overweight. Fast forward to this year, got Jordy Nelson back. Eddie Lacey's lost at least 20 pounds and looks um, like Eddie Lacey two, two seasons ago. And, uh, uh, a revitalized um, Green Bay offense, possibly, um, and uh, Aaron Rodgers feeling more confident because he's got Jordy back and maybe uh, more confident because he's got Ed, Ed, Eddie Lacy um, a little quicker than he was last season. You got to play Aaron Rodgers. There's no two ways about it. You got to play Eddie Lacy because I think they can run against this uh, Jacksonville defense, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um You got to play Randall Cobb because uh, even Joe Jordy Nelson is coming back from a ACL. All reports is that he's a full go and ready to go, even though he didn't play in preseason, he's a full go and ready to go, but he may be in a snap count, but he's Jordy Nelson. So the coverage is going to roll to Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, who gets moved all over the field is going to be open and get taken, going to take advantage of that. So you got to play. You play these two guys. Quite naturally, Randall Cobb is a wide receiver one. I mean, wide receiver two. Jordy Nelson, still, I still believe, um, is, is a wide receiver one. Now, Jacksonville has improved their defense. Did a lot of work in the offseason and in the salary cap and bringing in pieces through the draft And through the uh, um, free agency, bringing in pieces to show up that defense. Gus Bradley wants his defense to be strong because that was their weakness. They have a lot of pieces on the offensive side of the ball. Blake Bortles, Robertson and Alan Hearns, Marquise Lee, Julius Thomas. They acquired Chris Ivory from the Jets. They got T.J. Yeldon, who was a starting running back last year. They're going to use all these pieces. Now, TJ Yeldon is a flex because he can be used in the passing game. Chris Ivory is a hammer. He's going to be running the football, and I don't think because he's dealing with um, a uh, um, leg injury. Uh, questionable, limited in practice. Uh, this may be the TG Yeldon. Stay tuned to find out what's going on. But T.J. Yeldon, is, is, regardless, is the play for me in the running backs. He's going to be using the passing game, and quite naturally he's, he'll be, he's, he's good enough to run the football also. you got to play the two Allens, one versus the other. Allen Robinson is the number one. Big-time player, big-time plays. Blake Bortles loves him. you got to play Blake Bortles in this game also. QB one in here, without a doubt. They, they more than likely they have to throw a lot, even though Gus Bradley wants to run the football and play defense. They're gonna have to throw a lot. They got their, their assets are in the passing game. So you play Allen Robinson, you play Julius Thomas. Healthy Julius Thomas in the middle field, big target. Blake Bortles will love him. And then Alan Hearns to pick up the pieces. All right, let's move on to the first four o'clock game. But before I do that, let me take a quick break, and I'll be right back.
1: Go! 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 Go. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Show it what you need, what you need? My last nice run game, we ain't never leave, never leave. Countin' up money, we ain't never sleep, never leave. You got V12, I got 12 V Got bottles, got we got hey. I'm all the way. Show it what you want, I got what you need. Show it what you want, I got what you need. Hey. Show what, what, hey. what you want, I got what you need. I'm all the way. Out. Hey. And Rolexes kicked up the, the room and gave her no breakfast. Had to stash the juicy, just so reckless. Right. Keep on, so cruise. I'm talking She's naughty texted. uptown, showing off a new thing. Couldn't take it all, so I gave her chain. She called me Top Shotter, to, yeah, I keep a few tings. Chompion sound, yeah, I got a few rings, and I'm all, all, the all the way up. And you can stay up. And if you ask anybody where I live, they point to the hills and say, Go all the way up, go all the way up. Go all the way up. I'm all the way up. I'm all the way up. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way so up. Just left the big house to so a bigger up. house and have a girlfriend but the boots <clears throat> is out Chanel frock back they even now with the gold chains Himalayan Burke and lil'in' cocaine lit it up. Pops. I hit him up I'm so for color money. Purple yin and blue on Viagra, that means I'm all the way up, and you can stay up, P.O. say I can't get high, hop in the helicopter, Uber said, go all the way up, go all the way up, I'm all the way up, I'm all the way up, nothing can stop me, I'm all the way up, show what you want, show what you need, my nuts run the game, win, never leave, never leave.
0: Okay, people, I'm back,
1: I'm back, I'm back
0: Sorry for that, I take a pause for the cause there for a minute Anyway, um, let's get back to this uh, Blake Bortles is a definite play here Alan Hearns and, and Alan Robinson, Julius Thomas um, I like all these I mean, uh, this is these uh, TJ Yeldon is a flex, definitely flex play in my opinion um, I think he's going to get the pill early and often and it, depending on it, if chris Ivory can play uh and he' probably be limited um i, I had chris Ivory on one of my teams and and, I'm, uh, and i I do have a uh, option uh, of playing who uh, other players so he's going to sit on a bench and I'm not even thinking about uh chris Ivory uh this week uh until i I, I see that he's uh healthy so that's it should, should be the t j Yeldon play. I mean, 2J Yeldon game, uh, it would, it, if that's the case, he'll be moved up from a uh, flex to an RB2. But uh, keep an eye on the injury report and, and see if uh, Chris is going to play. Um, and then you can adjust your rosters accordingly. All right, let's move on to the first of um, 4 o'clock games, which would be Miami Dolphins um, going up against the uh Seattle Seahawks JGI is out. JGI is out. Looks like he's got some issues about uh, whether uh he should be the starting uh, running back or not. Uh and, and um, the uh, Miami Dolphins um it 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 uh going to have to deal with that. Um that uh since they acquired Arian Forster he lost a job and uh, he's got issues about that. Um, um and so what's the play in Miami versus uh Seattle? Arian Force is going to have um tough time going up in the, in the Pacific Northwest and um going up against the and uh he he uh to me I think he's going to be used more in the passing game than he is in a uh, running game. Now, Seattle does struggle with big backs. They do struggle with big backs, but uh, Arian Foster's coming off an Achilles, and Achilles is a very difficult um, injury to come from uh, with uh, for running backs. So I would put Arian Foster in the flex. There's no way I'm going to put him in RB2. He he would be a flex if I was going to put him in a flex. The same thing is happening with the uh, wide receivers. Now, Ryan Tannehill going up against that – Defense, even though he had Adam Gase there and supposedly he's another quarterback whisperer, um, I don't think he's going to be um, having a good Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks in, in the Pacific Northwest. Jarvis Landry, wide receiver three. Four, somewhere around there. On the other side, now, this 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 type of game, this type of game has very limited resources for fantasy, in my opinion. Quite naturally, I think that the, their thing here is this. Seattle likes to run the football. That's their mantra. That's what they do. Thomas Rawls is coming back from a serious ankle injury. Uh, and Christine Michaels has been... Balling out in the preseason, rave reviews on his attitude and what he's been doing on the field. He's starting. Play Christian Michael if he's on your bench. If he's and 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 you don't you're not confident in who you have sitting on running back. If he's on the waiver wire, which he should not be. Play Christian Michael. I can't employ you enough against this Miami defense. I know they sh- they have a, a, a good name defensive line, but they're going. Their mantra is to run the football. They're going to run a football. Now that now, they may put more of a responsibility, or uh, so to speak, on Russell Wilson to make plays, but that's nothing new. He, Russell Wilson was making plays last year with. A, a running uh, offense And who's going to benefit from that You know this is a sleeper I like I wouldn't say he was a sleeper But I know they like throwing of the Doug Baldwin uh, I, I know that um, uh, He could be a popular pick That Doug Baldwin But I, I'm not going that route I'm thinking Tyler Lockett In my opinion He's more explosive than Doug Baldwin can create more separation than Doug Baldwin. You want to take a flyer? You want you have, for whatever reason, don't have a capable one, right, uh, wide receiver position, and he happens to be sitting on your roster? Why not take a flyer and Tyler Lockett? I think Russell Wilson is going to be looking for both these guys. I know he had a rapport with um doug Bowen Lockett's the more versatile um wide receiver who gets moved all across the um all across the formation all across the, the offense so he's, he's more versatile and, and he's a go- go gadget type of guy. All right let's move on to the next one, which would be the Detroit and Indianapolis. Um, we're going to be going overtime, So if you want to listen to me We're going to be going overtime Because I want to get all these games in, and, and including the Monday night games And, and uh, so we're going to be... Next is Detroit, Indianapolis Golden Tate And Eric e- Ebron are Expected to play despite least Listed as questionable Now Golden Tate I'm, surp- I'm surprised about it But let me put it this way I told you about this guy Earlier when we were talking about positions in fantasy Marvin Jones was getting targeted a lot in the preseason. And if, if Golden Tate is limited and Eric Ebron is limited or these guys are questionable or they're, they happen to be on a pitch count because of their injury and they're trying to manage their injuries, Marvin Jones is healthy. He's going to get the ball. Sam Bradford – I mean, it's not Sam Bradford. Matthew Stafford is going to be moving the football all across the field because he doesn't have to key on one – Wide receiver, as in when he had Calvin Jackson. Tune in next week if you don't listen to me. Come back next week, and we'll talk the same thing about fantasy and and what I like. Um, but we're going into overtime. I want to get all these games through. Anyway, um, let's talk about the, uh, uh, Detroit. Uh, Amir Abdullah is, is, is saying that he could be the feature back, but his coach is saying, I don't know about that. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a running back by committee. So, But you play Matthew Stafford. This is a uh, one of these high-scoring games uh, that I think you, you, you want to play. And I, and, and Matthew Stafford, it, you play Matthew Stafford in this game. Amir Abdullah, supposedly, is going to be a running back by committee. If you want to play him, um, good luck. You put him in a flex, that's probably the best spot for him in a flex position. Theo Riddick is the pass catching uh, back, um, but I think the amount of players in the, in the in the passing game that Matthew Stafford has is going to take away from Theo Riddick, Anquan Boldin, Marvin Jones, Golden Tate. Depending on if Golden Tate is not what he used to be, I mean, not I shouldn't say not what he used to be is not healthy enough to put in a full game. Then Theo Riddick. Um, it it, it it will benefit from that, but the play here is and i hope you listen to me marvin jones i i really like marvin jones um and he could wind up being a one because uh and and, and because of because of this attack and matthew Stafford and, and and uh was it jimmy bob cooter really likes to uh jim bob cooter i'm sorry um improved the offense and was more creative in his offense and and uh, um I think the uh, Detroit Lions are going to surprise a lot of people, including the Indianapolis Colts in this game. Um, On the other side of the ball, you got Andrew Luck coming back from a a not-Andrew-Luck type of year. I think he throws for about three touchdowns. The Indianapolis Colts are extremely bad in the defensive side. They got like um, three defensive backs that aren't going to be playing so what's that tell you what the what the uh, Detroit Lions are going to exploit? I mean, exploit. Exploit. Jesus. Um, they're going to exploit the, uh, the backside of the Indianapolis Colts defense. They're going to throw the football down the field because their running game ain't all that. Frank Gore, 33-year-old running back, their running game is not all that. So they're going to throw the football. T.Y. Hilton. You got to play him. Dante Moncrief. A lot of people are touting him as a breakout player. I'm included in that. Dante Moncrief, bigger target. Um, and I think he has he a comparable game to um, T.Y. Hilton. And then Kobe Fleener went to where? He went to New Orleans. So instead of splitting those snaps, instead of splitting those targets between Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener, now Dwayne Allen, it's all your show. And Dwayne Allen is a more of a versatile tight end than Kobe Fleener. Kobe Fleener just t- just catches the football, not a not a blocker uh, in the running game at all. Dwayne Allen can block, so he's more versatile. So Dwayne Allen is a definite play in this game. There's going to be a lot of offense, in my opinion, in this game. And for those who have any of these players, you got to put them in the lineup. Unless you have a better option, you got to put them in the lineup. All right, let's move on to the uh, uh, a game a lot of people, a lot of people are going to be watching. A lot of people are going to be watching this game, and me included because I have him in one of my leagues as a starting quarterback. The New York Giants visiting the star, Dallas Cowboys. Eli Manning. Now, Eli Manning, I, I have, had – got a chance to get as my starting quarterback for one reason or another. I wanted him because I think that um, this offense, Tom Coughlin's out, Ben McAdoo's in, um, and like had his best season ever uh, with uh, uh, Ben McAdoo as an offensive coordinator, and now he's his head coach. I think they're only going to get better. They got a new toy in um Sterling Shepard, and they got a toy that they rebuilt in Victor Cruz and uh, along with the, uh, quite naturally with Odell and Beckham, I shouldn't have to mention him. I think Eli Manning is going to to throw for about 250, two two touchdowns. One of them going to Odell, quite naturally. It's no-brainer starting Odell. In my opinion, coverage goes to Odell. This uh, rookie who's for all intents and purposes, for most people, is NFL ready. You play uh, Sterling Shepard in the wide receiver three uh, position, and even in the flex. Um, until proven different, you may want to put it, move him up uh, in the coming weeks to wide receiver two, but um, wide receiver three, flex position, and see what you got, kid. See what you got. They're going to throw the football. They're running game and all that. Rashad Jennings. Uh, Often nicked up Rashad Jennings. Um, He probably ran for about 40 or 50 yards. uh, Getting lucky enough at the goal line to get a a rushing touchdown because the Dallas defense is not all that. Um, And uh, used very sparingly in the passing game, that's where you see Shane Vereen get his work. Um, And then on the other side, uh, Dak. Prescott, I think that Prescott is going to run for 30, 40 yards. He's a very mobile quarterback, very able. Throw for about 240, throw a touchdown to Des Bryant, and make Jason Witten relevant in this game. Best friend, I keep on telling you people, the best friend of a young quarterback. And who better to, to be the best friend is a future Hall of Famer, in Jason Witten in the middle of the field. Big, big, consistent target in Jason Witten. These other pieces, Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley in the slot, Terrence Williams on the other side, opposite uh, Des Bryant, they're going to be relevant in the coming weeks as this offense evolves. I do really believe that. As the offense evolves, they're going to be more relevant. Quite naturally, I didn't talk about Zeke. Zeke, I think, can run against this new and improved $200 million defense. Magnolia, what you want to do, uh, you got the pieces. It spent the money. You got to show some type of results. JPP is back. Um, the bolts are flying for real, so we have to see what Dak is going to do against this defense. Um, that's been rebuilt and, and money spent on all right let's move on to the uh, 8 thirty game, uh, which is a very another very interesting game. There's a lot of storylines in these a lot of these games a lot of storylines in these games if you just notice, now we're going to New England visiting Arizona the Tom Brady list New England Patriots. The Rod Gronkowski-less New England Patriots, the two biggest targets, the two biggest players on New England. Arizona don't get complacent. Jimmy Garoppolo still has Martellus Bennett, um, and uh, for those who don't have Rob Gronkowski, uh, more than likely if you have Rod Gunkowski you didn't you didn't pick up Martellus Bennett, not. Because of the fact you had Gronkowski, you don't pick up the two guys. But Martellus Bennett is relevant in this game, without a doubt. He's relevant in this game. He, the, the, the The offense is built around tight end and young quarterback. Going to look for his tight end, and and Martellus Bennett is more than a capable tight end. Five catches, sixty, sixty, seventy yards, and and and, and a score in this game. They're going to want to run the football cause they have a young quarterback, so we can run the football to to um take the pressure off the quarterback with gar brunt r sixty yards somewhere around there, not used that much in the passing game that's where james white comes in um mcLaren blunt is a flex flex at best maybe maybe a two in the running back, but definitely a flex um Julian Edelman against this Arizona defense I don't know I don't you know it, it'd be a tough play for me it'd be a tough play don't expect that much Pat Peterson is supposed to be back they're going to have a hell of a pass rush they're going to throw all kinds of uh, um 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 throw all kinds of trouble for Jimmy Garoppolo guaranteed so he's going to have to be able to deal with it he's going to have to be able to deal with it All right, let's move on to um, the Arizona Cardinals. Carson Palmer had a horrific, horrific preseason carryover from last uh, playoff game, where he had a horrific playoff game. Defense in New England is not that bad against the quarterback, but they're playing a home opener in Arizona. And I got to believe at least one more year Carson Palmer is going to be uh, be able to perform, and he's going to throw, throw over 300 yards in this game. A couple touchdowns. Larry Fitz, Michael Floyd, both these guys, in my opinion. Larry Fitz is a flex. Michael Floyd, in my opinion, is a wide receiver too. Larry Fitz is in the slot. Michael uh, um, Floyd is on the outside. I like them a lot. New England against David Johnson, who likes to catch the ball out of the backfield and is a capable runner. is going to have their hands full. RB1, without a shadow of a doubt, in David Johnson. RB1. Total over 100 yards. At least one touchdown for David Johnson. Uh, Let's move on to Monday night, where this this one should be another shootout. Another shootout in Pittsburgh and Washington. Pittsburgh's uh, visiting Washington with uh, minus two three pieces. Marcus Wheaton is not not playing, uh Le'Veon Bell's not playing, Matavius Bryant is not there. They're gonna rely on Sammy Coates, Eli Rogers, and of course Antonio Brown. And they're going also to, to go with the uh, D'Angelo Williams in, in place of the suspended Le'Veon Brown. So, D'Angelo Williams is the RB1. No doubt. Antonio Brown is an, is the wide receiver one. Eli Rogers, who they like in the slot, um, is a wide receiver three. And it could be a flex, because they're going to get the ball to him. And the surprise guy here... Um, Big target replacement for um, with Darius Green, who was supposed to replace Heath Miller, is Jesse James. Hell of a name. And uh, I think he's going to fare well in here with Ben Roethlisberger, life throw to the tight end when all else fails, when he can't get the ball downfield to his wide receivers. Let's move on to Kirk Cousins playing at home, fighting for a contract, a long-term contract, with uh, Jay Gruden as his uh, offensive coordinator slash head coach, or vice versa, he throws for 300 yards. But a simple fact is that the um, Pittsburgh pass defense, especially in the backside, is still a work in progress. So you play Kirk Cousins without a shadow of a doubt, especially for this offense. Two running backs. If you want to use them, um, I would use them in a flex. Uh, I mean, I should say Matt Jones, who's dealing with a shoulder issue, if I'm not mistaken. I use them in a flex. Two guys I really like on here, and one guy is the borderline. If Sean Jackson, I think he can get behind the defense and make a big splash uh, get into the end zone like that. And quite naturally, his go-to guy, who is a tough cover For a lot of people, I think he was the number two tight end off the board for most people in the draft was Jordan Reed. As long as he's healthy, he's a tough cover for safeties and linebackers. And uh, I think Kirk Cousins is going to go to him early and often. All right, let's go to the last but not least game of the week, and that would be the L.A. Rams visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, the L.A. Rams. LA Rams. Um with Todd Gurley as their main go to guy. Um and San Francisco who had Blaine Gabbert as their uh uh quarterback. Man, these two teams, wow. Uh the two you got Seattle and Arizona are leaps and bounds ahead of uh, um, L.A. and uh, San Francisco. L.A. needs a quarterback in the worst way. Um, I don't think Jared Goff is the answer. To tell you the truth, uh, he's he's not even active for this, which is a telltale sign. He's not even active, so that doesn't mean he's not going to be the back, even the backup, as he's, he's the third, third. Uh, excuse me, he's the third. Quarterback case Keenum doesn't throw 400 yards uh, uh, over 200 yards in this game May throw for a touchdown Ty to Tyvon Austin, but Not over 200 yards Tyvon Austin is probably the only Guy in here on this, in the flex that I would play Um, he's a jack of all trades. They use him in a running game <coughs> They use him in the passing game He's a big splash guy and um He's a flex, and uh, the man, my number one pick every time I've had a, a high pick, especially the number one, would be Todd Gurley. Uh, I think he's going to be able to run on this San Francisco defense, even though they're going to sack the box, and he's going to be involved in the passing game. Uh, versatile back, big time back, room in between the tackles and in space out outside can do both. Let's move on to the last but not least team of the week. Not team of the week, but team I'm going to talk about this week. It's Blaine Gabbert and the uh, San Francisco 49ers. I think he throws for a touchdown. Uh, they got limited resources. Quentin Patton, Torrey Smith, Vance McDonald in a passing game. Carlo Hyde, who's often banged up. Um, I, get, I don't think he gets into the end zone. I think he runs. They got a pretty good defense in, in, in L.A., uh, if nothing else. And it's something to build on. Now they have to get their offense up to speed, especially their quarterback position in L.A. So Carlos Hyde's going to get the ball. Um, probably he's a RB, low-end RB2 and definitely a flex play. Quentin Patton is a uh, wide receiver three along with Torrey Smith. And, and, and Vance McDonald is a – I know – um, Blaine Gabbard likes throwing to Vance McDonald. I know that, but I don't think he's going to be too effective in this game, that he's going to do a whole whole hell of a lot. Um, I know that, uh, uh, the offense that Chip Kelly runs benefits the tight end, but I don't think in this game. So the only plays that I have here is Carlos, uh, Carlos Hyde, which is in a flex, and, uh, um, Maybe Quentin Patton, that sneaky play. That's a sneaky play in Quentin Patton. He's a wide receiver three. Um, maybe, maybe a flex because you, you're really rolling the dice. You're really rolling the dice in Quentin Patton, uh, getting a, a, uh, something from uh, Blaine Gabbert. All right, people. Um, I, that's enough time for me. I got to go and make sure my lineups are set. I, I don't make any mistakes. Don't overthink it. Make, keep it simple. Enjoy the games. They start at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Majority of games are one o'clock, a few are four o'clock, and then quite naturally they end up at eight thirty tonight with Arizona and New England. And then, then they have uh Monday night they have two two games. Um Pittsburgh at Washington and uh, LA at San Francisco. Talk to you on Thursday at the uh FSP Cruise Show, eight PM Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday night. Or I talk to you again on one PM uh excuse me, at one PM on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, every Saturday, at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And more than likely, next week I'll be on the road. I'll be broadcasting from Delaware. Um, going to make a visit to uh, one of my sons. And I'll be broadcasting from there. And uh, we'll talking about the master plan, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, with that being said, enjoy the games. Uh, good luck in your fantasy matchups. And hopefully they, they'll they be on the positive side versus the negative side, and uh, you can reap the rewards of the week one win. And also that you may want to uh, play this after you've accumulated those wins in fantasy football.
1: And they stay there